You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 396. Gaz is away, so Elisa and Tom will play. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast number 396. Gaz is not with us this week. So uh, I, I, I put out a message to the uh, the, the, the general ne'er-do-wells over at MyMac.com, and I actually got two people who agreed to come on with me, Elisa Paselli and Tom Schmidt. How are you guys doing tonight? We're good. How are you? Where's my, <sighs> where's my 500 bucks? Oh, it, it's in the mail. Didn't I, didn't I tell you that? Yeah, I, um, you only promised me three hundred. Well, you see, my uh, my PayPal account got hacked. Yeah, yeah, that's it. My PayPal account got hacked, and it's going to be coming real soon. So mm-hmm. you know, stand by those mailboxes. I'm sure the mailman will be throwing those checks in at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Should with we that. stand by to stand by? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not, that, that's I'll later. be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Elisa, uh, for the people that who have heard, of course, your name nearly every week. You say Pacelli, and I say Pacelli. And I understand you regret. You now regret having sent me that. Cause yeah, it's it come- one of those, if I knew then what I know now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is going on in your Mac world? Well, besides keeping busy writing for the site... Um, I've gotten together with two other MyMac writers, Vicki Stokes and Suze Gilbert, and we're in the process of putting together our own podcast. Really? What are you going to call it, or do you know yet? We have a name, but I really don't want to say anything quite yet because it's not 100% finalized, but it's pretty close. But it's basically just, um, we'll be talking about the female perspective on technology. One of my pet peeves is how a lot of... uh, podcasts and even in the print and on, online when a lot of people talk about uh, like the iPad is simple enough for your mom or your grandmother to use. <laughs> Instead you know, of that, uh, your dad or your grandfather. Yeah, that really annoys me. <laughs> so well, I, uh, don't th- I don't think my mother could have handled the iPad. But of course, she was, uh, see, she was born in 1916. So uh, technology was, was, you know, beyond driving a car. That was about as technical as she ever got. Yeah, well, in my house, I'm the one who takes care of all the technology. So when I what, hear things like your mom or your grandma can't do it, I get annoyed. <laughs> what about you, Tom? What do you got going on? Well, just to kind of finish up what, what Elisa was saying, in my dad's house, he's the one who screws up the machines, and we call my stepmom the guru. Oh, and she, and she takes care of it all? Uh, pretty much. I taught her well. <laughs> so your your dad didn't listen, but your mother did. Okay, well, you know, as long as there's somebody in the house that takes care of that stuff. Uh, anything yep. anything else from you? Now, I, I know, Tom, uh, you've been doing, like, uh, 
was it once a week or once every you know how how often uh it kind of a a a tech show uh with your local news station um well it's just a once in a while thing i've done three of them so far they call it tech minute and it's on the morning news on wcco in minneapolis all right, so it's it's basically they come to you, and, and who picks the topics? Do you pick the topics? Um, sometimes they have a topic. Sometimes they ask me for one. It just kind of depends. And, uh, I mean, is this – I hope – do they pay you or anything for it, or is it, is it kind of gratis to, to generate some interest for um, – uh, oh, God, help me. Uh, the company you work for. First Tech. First Tech. First Thank Tech. You. I drew a complete blank um, there, and I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's like that. You know, they give a little shout-out to First Tech, and we help them out with something, or I help them out with something. That sounds good. Now, Elisa, about the podcast that, that you guys are, are starting to, to talk about, any uh, timeline on uh, when you'll be getting them out or is, are are you, the three of you still just kind of still in the, the planning stages? We did a test recording the other day, so I just have to get used to recording, editing. That's all new to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to work my way through that. So we're kind of hoping May, but don't hold me to it. <laughs> just depends on how much time I have to figure this out. Right. Well, I mean, if you need any help with that, you you can certainly come to me or, or probably most of the other uh, mm-hmm. podcasters oh, I, who who are been. who are male for the most part. But you know, yeah, don't hold it against us uh, in the the stoplight network of podcasts. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um, speaking of odd things happening on podcasts, somehow or another, the mymac.com podcast has reached almost. 400 episodes. This is show, take a quick look, 396. And we have a contest going on, and it's incredibly difficult for people to enter this contest. It scared me away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, actually, you can't, you can't, you, you can't win a prize, Elisa. I'm sorry. <laughs> Neither can you, Tom. You're, you're both part of the MyMac.com family of podcasts, so you can't win. That's not very nice. I know, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but but <laughs> we have to we have to make sure that it's the the regular everyday listeners. Well, not everyday weekly listeners of the the mymac.com podcast that have a chance to win all this great stuff. And if if you have besides the lawyers won't let us win. That's no. true. That's true. Even I can't okay. win. The it, it's incredibly. It, I was kidding. It's incredibly easy. To enter the contest, if you have a Facebook account, simply go to the MyMac podcast page and you can do a quick search for it. Like the MyMac podcast page, like 118 people so far have, and you're entered in the contest. And if you don't want to do that, if you're not on Facebook or you're not comfortable with liking a bunch of sites that you you have no idea who these people are, then all you have to do is send an email either to myself at guy at mymac.com or gaz at mymac.com. And we will make sure that you are entered to win. And my God, we have an unbelievable amount of prizes to give away for this contest. Uh, Tom, why don't you start us off on, on what they can win on the contest? God, I sound like a bad DJ. And I'm the one who went to broadcast school. Um, (laughs) 
There are two copies of Copilot iOS for from ALK Technologies. It's a GPS application. Your turn, Elise. Elisa. Okay. From BusyMac Software, two copies of BusyCal. And from Splasma Software, we have two copies of Audiobook Builder and one copy of Checkbook Pro. Well, there are two copies of Be nice. Mac. I can't be. <laughs> then I'll take this one. We have two copies of MacKeeper 2012 from Zeobit Software. You take the next one, Tom. All right. Um, two copies of iStop Motion Pro, Photomagico Pro, and Boinks TV from Boinks Software. And from MacFun Software, two copies of FX Studio Pro. From Publications International Limited, iCookbook.com. Two copies of iCookbook. From Slinkware Software, 10 copies of Slink. Yeah, isn't that incredible? A uh, good friend of the show, Reggie Ashworth. I say that almost every week because he is a good friend of the show. Two copies of App Delete from the Mac App Store. Uh, let's see. And two copies of App Delete and VidConvert from his website, reggieashworth.com. And from Real Mac Software. Okay. Go ahead, uh, Tom. Two, Go ahead. Go for two it, Two copies of Rapid Weaver, Analog, and Courier. And two copies of Hazel from Noodlesoft.com. From Plask Software, we have three copies each of Comic Life 2 and Comic Life, sorry, Comic Life 2 for the Mac and Comic Life for the iPad. And from Smile Software, three copies of Text Expander, PDF Pen Pro, and Disc Label. And last but certainly not least, Twisted Wave for iOS, an audio yep. application. That And that is an amazing app. I use that uh, Macworld, at the Macworld Expo. Um, why don't we jump right over to MyMac.com and give people a quick review of some of the stuff that's going on in the site? Elisa. Yes. What's that first? What's that first one? <laughs> okay, we have an article written by Kurt Blanchard, Photo Transformer. Which let's see, you can get it from the Mac App Store for $9.99. And it has something to do with your pictures. Yay! Uh, <laughs> what about you're up, Tom? And Steve Hammond had an article about the availability of Adobe Photoshop CS6 public beta. And from, uh, let's see here, from Steve Hammond, who seems to be a busy beaver this week, he did a review of iStop Motion for the iPad, which is from Boink Software. Uh, not the program we're giving away in the contest. This is the, uh, the one for iOS. And then next up, we have Tech Fan Podcast number 70 with Tim Robertson and David Cohen, Diablo iPad Vita. Oh, then they got into a, uh, a big, long discussion about whether or not the, the, the new Sony PSP Vita was, was worth the money. That was a good podcast. You guys should listen to that one. Uh, from Russ Walkowich, it's a review of the new Cube vertical stand for the Mac Mini. And from Mark Seeley, Sibelius 7, Music Notation Essentials Book Review. Uh, and uh, no significant feedback from email this week. 
Uh, let's see. We've got some some weird stuff from Twitter from Andy Zoom one He says he has walked 400 miles since last May and gave thanks to a bunch of different podcasts, including the uh, the MyMac.com podcast for the company. And Mark Shepard, who uh, is is always putting out something weird. Uh, thank you, Mark. In Concerning uh, one of the topics we talked about last week with Panda Tea, he's he's asking for a dump of tea, mate. We have some feedback from Facebook as well. They're both from Antonio Andres Martinez. He says, hi, friends. Thanks a lot for the last episode of the reply to my question. I'm happy to see it only took you six weeks to do it. Really, it has been great, and I hope that it was interesting for many people. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Andres it was it was kind of a, a, a wide open topic when when you know you're looking for a replacement for mobile me. There was so many aspects to it, and as a matter of fact, I think it's it that's basically going to branch out into other topics that you know we'll get to we'll get to in in other weeks. Also, apparently, he got the new iPad last Friday, and he agrees that it's an awesome screen. And the iPhoto app works as as I never thought it would do in an iOS device. Now, with all my iWork and iLife I, I applications on my iPad, I find it is that clo- that much closer to be my mobile device for most of the days, and I only use my MacBook for special occasions. Uh, do you find that some more applications are needed for day-to-day mobile work on iOS? Regards. Uh, what do you think? And <clears throat> so sorry about that. What do you think, Elisa? Do you uh, are there certain kinds of apps that you're still waiting for for iOS before you would consider that to be like your your main mobile machine? Um, no, my MacBook is always going to be my primary. Um, I love my iPad, but I do most of my work on my MacBook. What about you, Tom? Um. Well, I actually have a little something to add to that later, something I'm working on. Um, but other than that, um, which we'll get to, um, there isn't a whole lot that that I need that isn't already there. I mean, Pages is there, Numbers is there. Um I mean, the only other things that might might um, be a little bit helpful, like some file transfer stuff, you have to jailbreak your device for. Which, you know, that that I don't think that's going to be necessary. Eventually, that's going to get better. I mean, Dropbox sharing has certainly improved. So, but are there are there any specific types of apps that you use on a laptop? or actually even on your Mac, that you feel it, like if it was just there for iOS that, that you could kind of move completely to iOS for uh, your, your mobile needs, or is it still along the lines of file transfers? And when you say file transfers, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you, you can't um, log into a file server from an iOS device. Right. But that's, I mean, is that what you're, you're, you're thinking the holdup is? Or is there like any other part of that that, you know, is, are there any programs that come close? Because, I mean, there are some file transfer programs, but they, they, 
are more along the lines of connecting to you know, Dropbox or some of the other cloud services or connecting up from iOS device to iOS device. And it's mostly for things like, you know, photos and stuff like that. Right. Um, those are, that's really the best options right now is going through, you know, Dropbox or BoxNet or something like that. Um, since you can't connect to a server directly and that works okay in most instances, but it's that extra hop because you're going through something else that makes it a little more awkward. Yeah, I found that when I went iOS only at Macworld, that it, it definitely took me more time to do the things that I would have typically used a laptop for, but just not carrying around you know, 50 pounds of stuff on my back every day, I think <laughs> made taking that extra time so much worth it. Very, very much so. Yeah. Uh, we have some audio feedback. You know, for weeks and weeks, we were, we were hoping to get some audio feedback. And we, we actually have two this week. One from my brother, Larry. Uh, but before I play his call, we have one from our dear friend in New York, Eddie Spaghetti. Hey, guy and gas. This is Eddie. I hope all is well. Everything is You know, some of these rumors coming out, I just cannot imagine uh, Apple releasing the iPhone with a 4.6-inch screen. That would just be terrible. I love my iPhone so I can hold it in one hand and I can press everything with my thumb. It's not too big. Uh, hopefully they won't. I can see maybe four inches, but nothing bigger than that. I just hope they do not, you know. Only in America. Bigger is better, right? You want everything large, hummers, everything big, 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 supersize it. But hopefully Apple will not supersize the iPhone. Love the show, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Well, what do you guys think? Do you think that uh, that the 3.5-inch screen for the iPhone and the iPod Touch is about as, as big as, as would be necessary, or do you think Apple could go a little bigger with it? Maybe a tiny bit, but like you said, it's comfortable in your hand the way it is. You don't want it to be too big. Yeah, I could actually see them going to like a four inch screen for the iPhone. And as far as, as you know, because everyone's talked about you know, the iPad mini, which I think is, is just asinine. I really don't understand why people think we need a seven inch iPad. I would rather see the iPod touch go up to 4.6 or five or six inches with the same screen resolution as its current device or the iPhone and, you know, work it, work it that way so that you've got a slightly bigger iPod touch that kind of fills the gap between the iPhone and the iPad rather than having a seven inch iPad mini or whatever that would be. What do you think, Tom? I don't think they'll ever make the iPhone and the iPod touch different screen sizes. And let me just hold up the biggest example to that. Okay. Android fragmentation. Look at all the different screen sizes in Android and how that goofs up apps. In iOS, you've got consistency. The iPod Touch and the iPhone are the same size. The Retina display is double resolution of the original devices. They're not going to go all crazy with the screen sizes. Uh, another thing with that is... Well, wait, hold on know, just when, a second. If they, if they made the, the iPhone and the, the bigger iPod Touch... 
the same resolution, but just with a bigger screen. Wouldn't that alleviate the, 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 the obvious, you know, Android fragmentation problems that, that Google's been having? Because then it would still be the same apps. They would just be a little bit bigger on the same kind of screen. Sort of, but then you're affecting the whole retina display thing. Because well, for it to be the the way they do it with the 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 DPIs aren't quite as dense on the iPad on the new iPad as they the are on the yeah on the iPhone 4s. So to get the Retina thing, they're considering the iPad as being held farther away from your face than the iPhone. So they could maybe conceivably make it a little bigger, but you couldn't make it. You know, so big that it would really impact the the way they define the retina display. Well, that could be. But I, I was thinking that the apps that would run on this, obviously at this point anyway, fictional uh, bigger iPod Touch, would be the same apps. You know, with the same resolution that you run on your iPhone. You wouldn't run iPad apps on a slightly bigger iPod Touch. Right. Oh, I, I, I see where you're going there, but I still don't think they'll make them different screen sizes just because of how they like being consistent. Yeah, well, that's true. What, what, do you think uh, you, would, you would buy an iPod Touch if it was a little bit bigger, Elisa, or would you just you know, save your shekels and, and get the next iPad instead? Yeah, I'd get the next iPad. See, the thing I'm thinking, too, is with the iPod Touch, it's the good size to put in your pocket when you're listening to music, you're out walking, running, exercising. Um, it's, it's a good size the way it is. Well, yeah, well, that's true. But at the same time, that's kind of what people are, you know, because the iPhone is, is a convergence device. You know, there are so many other devices that the iPhone has now replaced. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time, you know, because I have a, a, a Garmin or, or TomTom or one of those, you know, GPS devices don't use it anymore. I just use my iPhone. I don't use a, a regular iPod anymore. I've got a 120 gig iPod. Don't use it anymore. I, I just use my iPhone for everything. So it's, it's this yep. convergence device that has replaced all of these other devices. And if, if I'm doing that with my iPhone, then what's the point of having an iPod touch unless you don't have an iPhone in which case, like say you're using an Android phone, well then you're trying to support, you know, the um, uh, two two completely different. Uh, I can't even think of the word I'm looking for here. You know, you've got ecosystems. Apps. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're trying to to deal with two completely different ecosystems unless you unless you have a phone that is you know strictly just a dumb phone. Well, think about another thing about the screen size. How do you usually use it? You have it in your hand, and you're poking at the thing with your thumb. A three-and-a-half-inch screen, I have small hands. A three-and-a-half-inch screen, it's awful hard for me to reach that upper opposite corner with my thumb. I could never do that with a Samsung Galaxy Note. Yeah, how big is that monster? It's uh, Five-point-something. You know, five and a half inch phone. And, I, you know, it's weird. I saw a commercial for it the other day and the guy like brings it up to his face. It looked like he looked like a little kid playing with his dad's phone with this big, huge thing next to his head. And you got to love the way 
that they do commercials like this because as he brings it up to his head, you see all these other people that are in the background that are looking at him like, oh, that's just the greatest thing ever. It's like, really? Really? That's, and that's... hey, it has a pen. Ooh, a stylus. Oh, yeah. oh good God. Yeah, I, I go on dig quite a bit. And there, there's one guy I've been getting in arguments with, and, and it's stupid, I know. But, you know, he keeps talking about, well, the iPhone doesn't come with a stylus. You know, the the, the, the Samsung Galaxy 14,000 has got a stylus. And it's like, you know why devices like this that had styluses aren't around anymore? Because they suck. Okay? And apps that don't work unless you have a stylus they pretty much suck too. And I think iOS and, and, and Android as well has, has pretty much proved that. Anyway, uh, we also have another call. Let me play this call from, from my brother Larry before he gets mad at me and, and calls me up after he hears the podcast asking me why I haven't played his call yet. Hi, guys. This is Larry. Uh, I was listening to show 394 and uh, we'll talk about Wookiees there, which reminded me, I think it was the 2007... Macworld. Uh, uh, I think it was Chris Siebel who, who, who said, "Who shaved the Wookie?" Yeah. And I with that, I'll close. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye, Larry. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. I've definitely been compared to a Wookie on on more than one occasion. <laughs> it's or just Sasquatch. Oh yeah, or a sad, and, and but I can do the sound. <sighs> well, kind of. I'm not good at it, but I'm, I'm still working on it. Oh, hey, Alisa. Uh, yes. Would you please read for us the phoby word of the day? Okay, if I can pronounce it, is it hodophobia? Hodophobia. What do you guys think that means? Fear of travel. Oh. Did you know that, or did you actually look it up? I looked it up in Spotlight. Oh, you, you, you cheated. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yep. Well, Gaz always comes up with, with like, great phobie words, and I always try to think of some incredibly stupid way that it could mean something completely different from, from what it is. And I usually succeed beyond my wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Elisa, why don't you... Tell us about the tech news of the weird. Okay, this was pretty funny. At least I thought it was funny. Okay, so 83-year-old Evelyn Paswell is suing Apple after walking into the glass doors at the Apple store in Manhasset on Long Island. And this was reported by CBS New York. She's asking for $75,000 in medical expenses plus punitive damages for negligence totaling $1 million. She claims that she didn't realize that she was walking into a wall of glass as she approached the store and says that she broke her nose as a result of the collision. Her suit claims that the defendant was negligent in allowing a clear, see-through glass wall and or door to exist without proper warning. (laughs) I could just imagine, you know what Apple needs to do? They need like, like eye megaphones outside of the, the glass doors, you know, screaming out as people are going by. Don't walk into the glass doors. Yeah. It's a glass door. You can't see it. It's a glass door. You know, there are stores all over the world that have glass doors. Mm-hmm. And last time I checked, most of them don't have 
great big huge stickers on them warning that it's a glass door because otherwise why have a glass door you know i i think this is the same woman that bought coffee at mcdonald's and burned her her thighs and sued the, yep and sued because the coffee was too hot because yeah, everybody likes that. cold mcdonald's coffee it probably is the same person <laughs> and she, if she couldn't and if she couldn't apple and if she couldn't see, why was she out alone? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Hey, Tom? Mm. You want to take us out for our first break? Stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. That is an excellent gas imitation. That was very good. <laughs> Excuse me, madam. Have you ever heard any podcasts that are just too long? They're all too long. Ah, but that's where you're wrong. Listen to the new App Minute with John Nemo. It's short, it's sweet, it'll knock you off your feet. Hey, guy, have you heard about Not Another Mac Podcast? Oh, not another Mac Podcast. Yeah, so you've heard of it then. Heard of what? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you keep repeating yourself. I'm just telling you the name of the show. No, you don't. You keep telling me about Not Another Mac Podcast. Yep, that's the one. What's the one? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you nitwit Brit, have have you been drinking? No, you big yank tank. Listen. Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and experts from all over the world. Hey, Gaz, we've been on that podcast. Are we experts now? Oh, brother. You can find us in iTunes by searching for Not Another Mac Podcast or get it through the Stoplight Network podcast feed. The MyMac.com podcast. Listen to in all parts of the world, but outlawed in some. Back to the MyMac.com podcast. As promised, I have uh, one of the original podcasters. Uh, Everybody who listens, not everyone, but probably most people who listen to podcasts is going to know his name. His name is Drew Domkus of the Don and Drew Show. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm doing very good. Thank you so much for having me on the show, guy. No, it's great. Now, I understand you are sans Don at the moment. I am. It seems to be... uh, Quite often these these past couple of uh, months here, she's become the rock star, and she's in the band Rasputina, and so she's hanging out in New York, and she's rehearsing for an upcoming tour. Yeah, I actually bought two Rasputina albums uh, just based on you know some of the snippets that I heard from listening to the Dawn and Drew show. I've been listening to you guys since probably show eighty or eighty five, something along those lines, and, and I even remember the old never to be heard. Uh, 124, I think it was. <laughs> episode Was that it? Right. Episode 124? I, I can't remember exactly which I, one it was. It was something like that. I think it was 124. It was the, it's so long ago now, it's kind of hard to... Years uh, and years. I, I wasn't that... It's it's years and years ago. It's crazy, right? Yep. Well, how did, how exactly did you get started in podcasting? Um, it was a bit of a, a an accident, I guess. I had gotten into blogging through a, a fellow 
uh, blogger and, you know, sort of podcaster at the time, Pete Perdell, Raster Web. And uh, he, he, you know, he kind of turned me on to blogging. I had done some journaling, some online stuff, but nothing in sort of any kind of system. And so I got into blogger and I, you know, learned about RSS and this and that. And then so podcasting, I mean, not, it wasn't even a word yet, but like Dave Weiner, Adam Curry, they're messing around with the enclosure tag in the RSS feed and was like, you know, you can put an MP3 in there. And so my buddy Pete's like, Hey, you know, check this out, try to put an MP3 in a blog post. And, you know, that's kind of how it started. I, I recorded something real quiet in my cube at work and, you know, it really wasn't much. It was just like, Hey, I could, you know, I could put this in the, in my feed and, and so then Dawn heard it. When I got home, I was like, hey, check this nerdy stuff out. And, uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> she's cool with the nerdy stuff. But, uh, you know, she she really kind of caught on to that idea right away. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, I could put audio, not just, you know, she wasn't much of a blogger. She would write some, th- some things. But, like, the fact that I could get audio out uh, really kind of uh, uh, piqued her interest right away. And so that's like that that night or the next day, I think, we uh, we sat down and recorded the first episode. And it was kind of just uh, a fluke. We just kept doing it like every other day. I don't think we did it every day at the time. And uh, it, it was such a weird uh, inner circle kind of idea. There was only a few other people doing anything like this. And you would talk about one person's show and they would hear about you talking about it. They'd mention you and you talk about them. And so that's kind of how we met with Adam Curry, just by talking about him. And, you know, he would plug us on his show. And it was this weird little inner circle. And we just kind of happened to be at the right place at the right time. And it became term podcasting. And now, it, it was just, actually, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a fun experience. You actually worked for Adam for a while, didn't you? In a matter of speaking. Yeah, correct. Uh, on our year anniversary of, on our, on our, on our one year anniversary of doing the show, I was able to quit my job because Adam, when he had first started a, a pod show, it was called at the time, they hired a bunch of, producers to create content for the network. And so we were, we were one of the chosen few to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, be paid, paid podcasters. You know, it was, it was awesome. So totally awesome. <laughs> uh, what is it like to, cause um, now I know that, that, that when you and Don get on the microphone and sometimes it can get a little crazy. So, uh, do you, do you guys plan out your <laughs> show at all or, is it is it more of a stream of, of consciousness thing? Most I'm guessing mostly on Don's side. Absolutely the latter. I mean, we hardly ever plan. We might have a topic in mind, or maybe a, a something, you know, an, an idea that we're going to plug, or a, a party we're going to promote, or you know, we might have an initial thing. But the, the show is never scripted ever. Sometimes she'll write down a couple of notes just to, you know, like bullet points that you know she can hit two or three things in the show, and. Uh, that's about as much planning as we've ever done. <laughs> so, so, but it, it, do, do you guys ever get through all of those notes or does it, does it break down almost immediately? Oh, um, almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah so the, I, the, um, the, the back and forth between you two, I mean, some people, if they didn't, hadn't listened to you guys for a long time and just came across like, uh, some show in the 900s, they'd probably sit there and go, what is, I mean, why is this woman giving this guy such a hard time? But that's not really what the show is about. It's, you know, it, it's supposed to be, and it is an entertaining show about two people who do a podcast because they can from their farm in Wisconsin or wherever we are. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were actually in Costa Rica for a while. Sure. You know, we've done shows uh, all over the place, but the, the, 
the basis of it is is pretty much that you know it's just the fact that like look what we can do anybody can do this and we've always kind of had that 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 idea to uh put the fact that anybody can do it out there and it's you know and and that isn't to take anything away from you guys because consistently i mean let's face it you you have a show that is is almost up to a thousand you know sometimes it's it, you know, for a while it was it was every weekday. Sometimes it's once a week. Sometimes you know, lately, or it could be as little as once a month. But whenever you guys get together, you always seem to put out a, a consistently funny and fun to listen to show. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's a it's it's a it's definitely a compliment. We have been at it for a long time, and uh, our, our schedule has definitely decreased. Um, you know, the fact that we're not getting paid by, you know, Mevio Pod Show or whatever, you know, that was a big hit. We tried to do it independent for a while. And so, you know, we've, we've, our lives have changed. And so the show continues, but it's, it's, you know, it's kind of second place in a way. It's like, you know, we have to survive just like anybody else. And so we're focusing more on other things that are actually getting us, you know, yeah, no doubt. you know, right. And so, you know, I've got, I've got a bit of a day job right now and Dawn's, you know, doing Rice Routine and we've got some other ideas that we're, we, you know, we're hoping to, you know, bring up when she gets back that, you know, um, can hopefully be like a next little phase for us. But at the same time, we're also doing another documentary. Um, so life changes, but the show is always just about our lives, you know, kind of like what we're up to, uh, a, you know, an audio blog post, you know, in a way. And, you know, people like to hear it and, you know, it, it has its inflections and, uh, you know. <laughs> We, we don't really, we never really set any rules. So I can sit here and talk about movies with my buddy at the, you know, when Dawn's gone, yeah. it's like, everything's cool. But, uh, but yeah, so the, the numbers have slowed down, but you're right. We are at almost a thousand, but and that's uh, amazing. If you were to consider all of the videos, which I never included in the numbers. We're well over it. So, uh, what is, what is the future for the Dawn and Drew show? Uh, you know, who, who knows, right? I wish I knew. And can I, you know, <laughs> like maybe I can relax a little bit, but I, I just don't know. And so we're always hustling. The fact that uh, Dawn is in a in a in a touring band, you know, I'm excited for that because you know they're more than likely going to record an album soon, and you know maybe she get to tour a little bit further out, and uh, you know that that's just a whole another chapter. But uh, she's become a bit of a documentarian, and so we're working on our second movie at the same time, and um, the future of us is is unknown and unlimited really well and the, i think part of the cool thing is is that without this podcast a lot of the things that you're doing now probably never would have happened you know i mean, where else can you have thousands of people listen to you for free and and give you a chance to explore the creative side and not just your creative side but don's creative side and find yourself uh suddenly working in an animal shelter in Costa Rica or following a rock band around to make a document, a, where is my brain today? A documentary and then, and actually end up in the band. I mean, these things just don't, don't happen without a a, a great deal of networking. And the podcast has become the part of the part of how you've, both of you have kind of networked out. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, it's kind of just like the vehicle and, uh, to do whatever, you know, kind of projects or ideas that we just have going on. The, the podcast is just kind of there to help inform people, I guess you'd say. But, um, you know, Dawn has a certain way and a certain will about her that's just like, you know, when she really sets her mind to something, she's just going to make it happen. And so, yeah, she she absolutely, she absolutely made <laughs> Kind of a force of nature. 
in, in a way, it really is. You know, she totally 100% just made Rasputina happen. And so, you know, it's really awesome for her. Um, the animal rescue center really is uh, another thing of, of Dawn's. Like we, we went down to Costa Rica to try to do this bed and breakfast and she wanted to volunteer at a, a different uh, sanctuary. And we just ended up staying at a place that was really close to the Jaguar rescue center. We hadn't even, she hadn't heard about it. And so we fell in love with the people and the place and all that right away. And so it, it's so weird that, you know, like you said, if it wasn't for podcasting, we would not have been in that position. And that has become such a huge part of our lives right now that, uh, you know, I really foresee us ending up back there and, and, and working or taking care of or doing something involved with that rescue center. So it's, it's, it is a, a quite amazing what you can thank podcasting for. Sure. Sure. And for everyone who's listening, uh, I would like to apologize. We're having like <laughs> major Skype issues and we're, we're doing what we can to work around it. But the, the conversation, when you hear it back, is going to be somewhat disjointed because of it. But that's not Drew's fault. That's not my fault. I blame Microsoft, as I do with most things. And we're just going to kind of work our way through it. Now, you're also a, a longtime uh, Mac user. Correct. I am a longtime Mac user. Actually, since I've known Dawn, I've become a Mac user. <laughs> I, I can't give her 100% credit, but uh, I definitely changed after I met Dawn. I would imagine meeting Dawn would, would bring all kinds of changes into your life. <laughs> yeah, it was her mom that had a, an old Mac, uh, what were they called, the LE, the real thin, flat one that was like a, like a pizza box. Oh, yeah, kind of looked like a pizza box. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the, so uh, her mom the Mac. had that. The, oh, the Mac 2 LC. The, the LC. LC, LC, that was it. And so, um, yeah, I, I grew up in California and, uh, uh, my dad was way into computers, but I never really got into it until I got my first like real working job. And, uh, I went from traditional layout, like of a newspaper by hand, uh, over to a computer, you know, sort of automated process and they were all windows and it was windows 3.1 and windows NT. And I learned uh, a program called archetype designer and we changed everything over to Corel draw and cork express. And it was like. I was way into it then, but I'd learned everything in Windows. It was, you know, yeah. that was just what I knew. And so, but when I ended up in Wisconsin with Dawn uh, in 95, you know, I didn't, uh, I had a computer that was stolen from me in California. So I came here with none and her mom had this, you know, little, little Apple and little Mac. And so that's kind of where I, where I started, you know, learning it from there. But ever, ever since then, I never, I never bought a, um, I can't say never, but I've, I've been a Mac person. I did buy a, an old, like a Dell laptop through a job program one time that I hated. I'm sorry. It's like one of those. In, <laughs> in, yeah, right. Yeah, right. It was like a Dell Latitude, you know. But if I if I did it through this program at work, it would be like you know out of my paycheck before taxes and blah blah blah. And so it was like their only choice was through Dell. But right, that might have been my worst okay. computer purchase. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had I've had several of those myself. Um. Besides, besides doing the Don and Drew show, uh, you're also as you know as to, to help mm -hmm. support yourself. You're also a website designer. Correct. I do. Uh, I build websites. I do. Okay. Why don't you give a little give a little plug for that? Well, cool. Thank you. Um, I, I've been running this little you know operation that I'm calling Cheap Website Guy, and so it's cheapwebsiteguy.com, and it's just a way for me to um, kind of help people that 
you know, want a website and maybe they think they've got a web guy that's doing them right and maybe they're taking too long. And so I've stepped in for a lot of friends and a lot of people and, you know, I just kind of take over uh, the, the control and I make people's websites so that they can maintain them happily and, and quickly. And so it's kind of fun. It's a, you know, nice little side job to do, but I, I've been involved with building websites for a long time. And so I can do all kinds of different size projects and all, but uh, if anybody's looking for a cheap website, get in touch with the cheap website guy, right? <laughs> Cheapwebsiteguy.com or is it cheap? What is it exactly? Yeah. Cheapwebsiteguy.com. Cheapwebsiteguy.com. And of course the Don and Drew show, which is coming up on its 1000th episode can be found. The website can be found at donandrew.com. And I think, is there, is there one that's dedicated for just the podcast or is that it as well? Um, well, if the, like donandrew.com has kind of become our portal plate page. You can kind of get to everything we do from there. But the actual podcast is at the donandrewshow.com. And I've got feeds for just audio, for just video, for a combined feed. I've got a nerd moment show. And so there's a feed for that. So, I mean, you've got lots of choices over there. Okay. Well, Drew, I want to thank you for, for coming on. The, um, but, but the Skype is killing us here tonight. Uh, I, I wanted to thank you for, for coming on to the mymac.com podcast. Uh, is there anything else that, that you want to say before we uh, we end this and, and go on with the, the rest of the craziness of our show? I just wanted to thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I love podcasting, and uh, I encourage everybody to give it a shot. Thanks again. Okay, everyone, please stand by to stand by, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Lee Douglas. I want to invite all of you 50s and 60s music lovers to listen to Old Time Rock and Roll, the largest oldies podcast in the world today, with a 110,000 song playlist. Our shows are always available 24-7. Go to www.oldtimernr.com. We have two new shows each week, and we take requests and dedication just like the oldies. That's oldtimernr.com. Come on over and join the fun. one-hour show that takes 24 hours to record. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the final section of the MyMac.com podcast. And uh, before we start, uh, please accept my apologies for the the interview I did with Drew Domkis. Uh, Skype was just completely misbehaving when I recorded that. And I, I really did the very, very best that I could to, to try to make it sound a lot less weird. There was like a two second gap from the time I would speak to the time drew would hear me. And it, it made it really, really kind of awkward, but, uh, I'm hoping in the, at some point in the near future that, uh, I can either get on the Don and drew show or the, uh, nerd moment show, which is the other podcast that drew does, to uh, kind of cross cross pollinate some my Mac goodness, yep, yay! But in this particular section, uh, we're going to start off with a topic that Elisa wanted to talk about, and that was Google Play. And 
from the tone, I get the feeling that you are less than impressed with Google Play, Elisa. Yeah, I, you know, to be honest, I didn't even know it existed until a few weeks ago. Maybe you remember Tom. Uh, Tom had tweeted that he had purchased some music for 25 cents from Google Play. So I thought, album. okay, yeah, yeah, the whole album. And I thought, let me check this thing out. So they had an album on there, but for 25 cents, but Amazon matched it. So that happened a couple of times that Wait, Amazon would when match you say, it. When you say album, you're talking about a music album. Yes. And was it a, a, like a, a current big name mm-hmm. artist? Yes. How, how are they able to do that for 25 and, and it'll play on, on your iPod or, or iPhone? Well, Regular old MP3s. Yeah, it was MP3s. Well, I, I'm guessing it must have been an introductory kind of a thing. But there was one um, album that finally Amazon did not match. Now, I've used Amazon a lot in the past to buy music, and it's super simple. And it goes right into iTunes. So when it came time for Google, when I had to buy, buying wasn't a problem. Downloading was the problem. I think, but Tom, I think you said you didn't really have too much of a problem. No, uh, well, compared did. to the way Amazon does it, it's really goofy. You yeah. download it through the system preferences with the Google Music thing, and it's really awkward. But see, now that's what you had told me through Twitter. I downloaded it. There was no system preferences. It only allowed me to upload music to the Google Cloud. It would not allow me to download and the way I figured out how to do it is when you go into your songs that you purchased, there's a little triangle button, and you can download it that way. But you can only do it twice, and then well, you have well, to manually – it? it puts it in your download folder, and then you okay. manually have to drag everything into iTunes. Yep. As, a, as opposed to Amazon, where you can set it up to automatically open in iTunes as soon as it's done. On top yeah, of that, I've, I've has, used that feature before in Amazon. Yeah. On top of that, it does have a cloud service where you can listen to your music streamed, but it, you cannot use it on an iPhone or an iPod. Uh, only it, on Android? It only works with Android devices. Well, Turnabout is it, fair play. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you can play, uh, well, DRM'd music content of which there is less and less fortunately every day uh, from iTunes on an Amazon or on a Google device or sorry, Android device. I somehow got confused between Google, Amazon and Android. Well, this is, this is for streaming. If so you, that's, you can, that's the main, that's their, their, that Google plays main purpose is, is for streaming content. Similar to the, the iTunes match in the cloud where mm-hmm. you can put all your music up there and then just stream it to your device. It's the same idea with Google. But not for iOS. Where, but not for iOS. Okay. Well, that's yeah. music. And you say they have these in- incredible prices. Is that just for this they introduction? Did. or They did. Because now, in fact, I'm on the site right now. And it's, it's also you have to click like five buttons to finally get there. Um, then once you shop music, uh, like right now, it has um, a rock tab, uh, some Ramones, discount albums, 
bad girls of pop like Madonna and Lady Gaga. So it it doesn't have the selection that iTunes or Amazon does, but it it's a little bit it's a little bit more difficult to navigate, but they do have a free song of the day. Okay, well uh, iTunes does that as well. I believe Amazon yeah. does does too. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I don't see Google I don't see Amazon or iTunes being worried by Google. <laughs> I mean, do you? What do you think, Tom? Well, I do see that there is a developer that released um, a streaming Google Music app. It's in the App Store for a dollar ninety nine. It's called G Music. Um, it's universal for iPhone and iPad, and it will stream the collection that you have uploaded to Google Music. But that's. But yeah, but that that's essentially just for the music that you have. Well, I, I guess if you uploaded your, you can upload your, your entire downloads. Yeah, into, you, you can into Google. When, when I did it, for some reason there were seven or eight songs that just would not upload. So I mean, even were that's kind of a clunky. Ex- no, no, I don't or have anything that's AAC DRM or MP3 files. Yeah. They just wouldn't go. That's, Weird. I wonder. I wonder if because I, I know that when you start talking about these streaming services, you start getting into, you know, the companies that provide the service have to get licenses from the companies that actually own the content. Mm. And I know that with the That's Amazon service, with the uploads they, though. If if you bought it and you uploaded. Really? get to stream it it's that's different it's that's the way that talking about uploads of content that you have purchased or content that you you know in theory have ripped from your own cd sources well when when it's when it's upload it doesn't they can't tell so it doesn't matter they can't tell if you ripped it from a cd got it from pirate bay or brought it bought it from itunes it's in your library. It uploads. Well, that's true. And that's the same with the Amazon service and the Google service. Hmm. So, uh, you know, what is, what do you think Google's end game is with this then? Just to provide a service because Amazon and Apple is? Or is this more in line yeah. with trying to, trying to provide a, uh, a, a better type of service, possibly moving into, um, uh, what's that called? A subscription service for Android. Well, it's well, not way- just music. It's called Google Play. There's music, there's books, there's movies. Yeah, and that's a recent change. Right. It used to be just Google Music so it- and then the Google Android Marketplace and all these separate mm-hmm. things that they rolled together under the Google Play banner. Right. So have either one of you done anything with movies? No. No. Nope. Does that is that going to work in the same way, or you know, can you upload? Oh my, I can't even imagine uploading because you know I've got in my iTunes account for for I mean, and we're mostly talking about video here. I've got well over a terabyte of of content. Um, no, a lot of it. Now I this... think I probably couldn't upload because it's going to be you know because since I got it from iTunes, it's DRM. But I've got things like you know we have the the collected Thin Man movies from the you know 30s and 40s, 
that I have I have you know ripped using Handbrake and, and put into iTunes stuff like that. I wonder if I could upload those movies into Google Play to stream later. No, or does, it doesn't. Well, does that iOS app yeah. only uh, work? It's just with music, music only. Yeah. No, nobody's doing the music locker type of things with movies yet, just because you know what you, you said they're too big. Yeah, this is just saying find and rent your favorite movies, and then you can download the Google Play Movies app to watch on your Android phone or tablet to stream and right. watch okay, later again, offline. No, no, no iOS. There's no. there's different sections of this Google Play thing. It's like going into different right, departments at Target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or if if it's really as low rent as you guys are talking about, it's more like. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kmart, or for people who go way, way, way back, Zayers, or some of those, some of those oh, Zayers Shopper City retailers. Yeah, Bradley's. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. remember Zayers? Yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't hair. speak about books and movies, but as far as the music, it's, it's, it's just not seamless like iTunes and Amazon. It's you, you press the. So you the know, interface you, the, you feel is like really, yeah. really really complicated or clunky Clunky. or yeah really how would you describe it elisa yeah that's exactly it i mean that you have to take too many steps to get your music from the time you hit the purchase button to the time your music's in itunes it's too many steps with itunes obviously it's 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 immediate amazon you hit the play you hit the the download button it's in itunes uh, how how do they how do they want you to pay for this content? You have to input a credit card or yeah. are there Google alternative wallet. forms of payment? Um, yeah, the, Google, and, well, there's a subject for another day. Yeah, it's the Google Wallet. Yeah, just it's just have they have your credit card number on file, just like Amazon, just like iTunes. Hmm. I think my credit card is out in too many places as it is. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can't I can't see using using a service like this if if you're in the iOS world. You know, there's just no point. Well, that's why when they had the 25-cent album and I found it at Amazon, I said, I'm buying it at Amazon. Yeah. It was just easier. You're already there. Yeah. Yeah, but it it just turned out that the one I did buy on Google was exclusive to Google. Uh, Who was it? Just out of curiosity. Um, The Brussels Affair, Rolling Stones Live. The Brussels? Oh, is that a a recent uh, Yeah, it's uh, Rolling Stones 1973 European Tour. Oh, so, okay. So when when they were still uh, relatively young and relevant, mm, that's good album. <laughs> yeah, they did a they did a live album. Here we go, completely off topic. They did a live album in the late seventies called "Love You Live," which is probably one of my favorite live albums. I, I'm a big Stones fan, so "Love You Live." I mean, they they besides their you know the the stuff that they always play at, at every single concert they've done since, you know, 1964. Uh, it had some, some old blues that, that you just wouldn't expect them to, to have in, in a live set. And it was just great. Love you live. Great, great live album by the stones. All right. Uh, Elisa, anything else about Google play or have we beaten up, beaten up on them enough? Yeah, we've beaten, we've beaten them. <laughs> Now, Tom, uh, you've got an iOS app going on. What can you tell us about it? Um, it's a productivity app. I don't want to get too much into the details right now, but it's something that I feel is lacking 
um, not only on iOS, but also on the Mac. Um, kind of shooting for a middle ground in a certain market and um, getting closer to finally getting it out the door after cooking it for probably about a year and a half here. And I have a call for beta testers that I want to put out. Um, if you're an experienced beta tester, it's a productivity app for iOS. Um, if you could shoot me an email saying why we should pick you to to um, test the app, the email address would be betatest18 at gmail.com. Um, we're going to probably look for... Oh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10, 20 people, something like that, to, you know, good good quality testing we need done. Um, use the thing, bang away on it, report back what you find, ideas, anything. Um, the address, again, is betatest18 at gmail.com if you're interested in helping out with that. Uh, is there a limit to the number of people that can beta test your software in iOS? Um, the developer kit provides, uh, I don't remember the exact number, um, but a certain number of private access keys that can be signed into an app, um, for, you know, just ad hoc distributing for like testing purposes and whatnot. It's, I don't think, and this it's is not this a real is high number. Through iTunes? No. No, it's not. It's well. How do they how do they get uh, it? How do they get it onto their their iPad or iPhone? Um. Well, they, you had they, to have they, like they, a jailbroken device to do it. Oh heck no! Um, we email you the beta copy. You drop. You just drag and drop onto the app section of iTunes and get it on your device that way. Well, that seems easy. The only the only thing is we have to get a device ID for your device so we can add that key to the app and it'll work if the key for your device isn't in the app you can put it in itunes but it won't install on your ios it'll device. Never, right it'll never upload into your device right you'll just get an well, error message. other than other than it's a other than it's a productivity app is there is there anything you can tell us that will entice the experienced uh, detail-oriented beta testers to to want to try it um, I don't want to reveal too much because of who I'm kind of shooting for as far as taking on competition, but um, I will say it's not a word processor and it's not a spreadsheet. Okay, well, that leaves it pretty much wide open to interpretation, and uh, I'm guessing it's not a real-time strategy game. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's not a game. It's, it's okay. small business, personal productivity kind of a thing. Okay, so it's somewhere between like uh, Microsoft Word and Halo. Some somewhere in that mix is where your app is. <laughs> Dang it, you guessed. <laughs> oh, I knew it. It's it's, it's a it's word processor based on Halo. Halo word. <laughs> <laughs> Master Chief, I need a spell check. <laughs> oh my my my. Okay. 
uh, let's let's get into. Oh, actually, uh, Tom, is is there anything else uh, that you want to tell us uh, about the app, or do you, do we want to just kind of kind of leave it on a, as a Halo word processor and, and let people be enticed that way? Um, it's definitely something very flexible that a person or a small business could use to um to help keep track of stuff yes yeah, st- stuff and or and organize and yeah i i don't want to reveal too much because i i, okay, I, I yeah, have yeah, a, a specific yeah, application careful, careful. in mind that i'm looking at that i'm like this is not good yeah, enough yeah but that would give it's it too away expensive i it would totally give it away all right then don't say it don't say it and All I right, let's uh, let's go on much. over to the app picks. Yeah, well, well, we said Halo word processor. If they can figure it out from that, well, by God, they deserve it. Uh, yeah, Elisa, do you have an app for us? <laughs> do you have an app for us this week? Yeah, this is in the App Store. It's called Photo Measures. It's four ninety nine in the App Store, and I was lucky last weekend. I got to pick it up at ninety nine cents sale. But what it does, it works with the iPad and the iPhone. And what it does is you take a picture of, uh, say, uh, your kitchen because you want to remodel your kitchen. You take a picture of it and you can draw actual measurements onto the picture so that when you go shopping, you know exactly what it is you're looking for in what measurement, the depth, the height, the width. It's pretty cool. It's good for decorating, well, for remodeling. Well, what you do is you... You take your picture, say, of a window, and then mm-hmm. you take a tape measure of your actual window. You measure it, say it's 30 inches wide. You draw arrows right on the picture in the app, and you can oh, draw arrows okay. from point from one edge to the other, and then it's got like a little magnifying glass to make sure that you're touching the exact spot where you want the measurement to go, and then you can type in 30 inches in the width you know, or whatever. So it's right. It's, that way it's you can cool. go into the, you can bring it into Home Depot or Lowe's with you and say, "Here's what I've got." Exactly, exactly, and you don't have to say, well, "Gee, I hope this, cool. I hope this fits the the space." You'll know for sure, and then you can export it if you need about, to. You can email it. That's pretty cool. Or put it in Dropbox. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. What What about you, Tom? Um, this actually may lead to a bit of a discussion. So oh, I know well, it did on the, uh, the My Mac mailing list. So I have had direct TV service for quite a while now. And one of the things that I have always wanted, is the, look, the direct TV iPad, you can get some channels live as long as you're in your house. Like I could have uh, ESPN on the TV and CNN streaming on my iPad and the direct TV app. But what I've always wanted that app to have is be able to stream things from the DVR. Well, obviously the content rights holders are not going to go for that real easy. But they did come up with this other thing called the DirecTV Nomad. You buy it for $149, and after shipping and what taxes and stuff, it's about $170. You connect it to your Ethernet network along with your DirecTV DVR. And it takes the 
video that is recorded on your DVR, which is encoded in ways that will not work on your iOS device. It re-encodes it for your iOS device and then downloads it onto your device. And you can say, um, you can have the Monday night episode of Castle get recorded. Your DirecTV Nomad transposes it and downloads it to your iPad. And then you can take your iPad to work and watch it on your lunch hour the following day, which I did last week. And it, is it a is it a, a physical file that's on the iPad or is it streamed in some way? It's physically downloaded into the DirecTV Nomad app on the iOS device. So do you have to sign in? Is there like a service you have to sign into in order to watch it or or how does that work? Well, the first time you launch the Nomad app on your device, it configures the Nomad and does all the cross-talking back and forth between your DVR, your Nomad, and your device to make sure that um, they all know they exist and that it's okay to do this and all that other stuff. Um, and once you do it, it's a one-shot thing the first time you launch the app. And then from there, you see the contents oh, of your okay. DVR and tell the Nomad box what to do with the contents of your DVR. So at that point, you can tell it, I want to watch this show and this show and this show. They get either get uploaded or get or gets notated on the... Uh, the Nomad service online, at which no, point... Well, no, the Nomad service is up. not online. It's a box that you connect to your Ethernet network along with your DVR. Ah, so that physical file is actually uploaded into your iPhone or your iPad for you to watch later. So it's an actual physical file, which you already told me and I forgot. Yes. And at which point... But there, there's no way to to move it from, say, your Nomad into iTunes or anything like that. They want to make sure that that you know it, it's probably DRM'd all to hell, so that you can't just it's, move it around wherever you want it. Just for kicks, I tried. I used iExplorer to pull one of the shows off my iPad, um, and I tried opening it with VLC, QuickTime Player. Nothing would open it. Which is fine. I mean, that other, otherwise it would have <laughs> yeah. been way too easy to pirate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I don't know exactly a problem with that. Why they did it the way they did. Yeah, it, it just seemed so. You you have the DVR, which you you you've either purchased or you're renting from your cable company, and you're paying for the Direct TV service, and now you have to buy this other box in order to watch the stuff that you've put on your DVR onto portable devices right okay now i know that that you and owen rubin were having a back and forth about this what was did did owen object to some part of this i don't remember the specifics of the conversation um okay okay i, th I think owen at, at through a lot of it was trying to figure out exactly how it worked if i remember mm -hmm. correctly it's not streaming. Okay. There is some storage right, so. on the Nomad device that it uses to do the conversion. I'm not sure if, like the Apple TV, it's like a, you know, some flash storage or if it's got a little hard drive in there or what. Well, it, it's got to be. There's got to be some kind of key. Thing. Yeah. Well, there's got to be some kind of key that 
the DirecTV Nomad app on your iOS device uses in order yeah. to unlock it so that you can watch it on there. Otherwise, because you know, sure otherwise the Nomad the, box. the DRM just kills the file. Right. I mean, there, um, there's probably no DRM in the DVR, but the Nomad box would have to add it. And then it knows, yeah. you know, the, the, the Nomad app on your device has the key that was supplied by the Nomad box or something like that. And it only right. works on your device that you've logged into with your DirecTV account, you know, your username and password. I mean, that's the only time it goes online is during the initial setup to say, okay, it belongs to this guy and da-da-da. And then the internet part is pretty much done after that outside of uh, it okay, probably well, that makes sense. verifying when you fire up the app. Yeah, to make sure that you're, you are who you say you are. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, my app this week, now, of course, Elisa has this this photo app that does all these cool things and, and allows you to, to measure and be productive. And Tom has DirecTV, which does all this cool transcoding and DRM so that you can watch the, the, the TV shows that you want to watch, where you want to watch them. I've got Robot Wants Kitty from Raptosoft Software. It's a weird little game where the ro- it's pretty much self-explanatory. The robot wants a kitty, and the kitty is behind a door, and you have to go all over this maze and get various power-ups and keys in order to, to get to your beloved kitty. And currently, uh, it's free. There are, it, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's got the, uh, the in-app purchase thing, but that's mostly for additional levels. You can play the game, uh, at least the, the first level of it, without having to buy anything else. And it is a lot of fun. I had a good time with it. So, and, and what robot doesn't want a kitty? <laughs> okay. Why don't you tell us about the people's pick, Elisa? Oh, I'd be happy to. Uh, Neil Wharton suggested Lexigon by Andy Winton, and it's a free app, and I have no idea what it is. Would you like to explain? Uh, actually, it, it yeah, actually, I can. Uh, I, I have used this app. I, I went ahead and downloaded it when, when, I, when I saw this people's pick. Uh, basically, it comes up on a screen with these, these little um, multi-sided uh, boxes, and each box has a letter, and you have to spell words with the letters that are provided, and then you tap the last letter of the word to let the, the app know that that's the last one, and the timer is going down the whole time that uh, that you're playing the game. And if you get to a certain you know certain number of points before the timer expires, you move on to the next level. I've actually had a lot of fun with this game, and especially oh. being currently free, I would highly recommend it. Oh, this looks cool. I think I will get yeah, it. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that does look cool. Yeah, and it's fun. It is fun. Uh, wanted to talk about real quickly our Facebook page. And of course this is with the, the 400th podcast contest going on. We, we have gotten quite a few, uh, new likers and I don't know if it's because they like the podcast or they want free stuff and I don't care just so long as, just so long as they hit that like button. So please, please, if you get the chance, you know, whether or not you want to win something or not, go on over to Facebook and like us. We're up to 118. I want to see that up to 10,004 by the next week, and don't think that's going to happen. We also have, actually, Tom, if would you please read the, the brand new iTunes review that we've gotten? 
This is from Smoblow. Guy and Gaz, not sure who Chad is on the other reviews, are funny and entertaining. Sure, they waste some time on some useless stuff, but that is part of the fun of the show. Listen every week and often learn things of value. Now, if I can only win a major prize on their upcoming 400th podcast. And, and now that, that Tom has actually been on the show and kind of sees how it all flows, I'm hoping that you won't continue to get those headaches from banging your head on your desk as Gaz and I are, are talking about the stuff that we normally talk about. And uh, Smoblow, if you are listening to the show, and I hope you are, please send me an email to the, the email addresses that we'll come up with here in a little bit, and I will send you the 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 prized Woody Award that I send to everyone who gives us an iTunes review. And it has Can to I be seen one? to be believed. Well, Can I have a Woody? Yeah, I suppose. As a guest? I, I, I don't know. A guest Woody. Yes. Yeah, a guest Woody. I'll have to, I'll have to, because I have like different Woody's for, for different categories of, of things that, that people have done. So I will have to make, actually, I don't know if I have, I may actually already have a guest Woody. I'll have to, I'll have to check my Woot. Check my Please Woot do. and see if I have one already. Okay. What do you exactly want a Woody, Tom? What is a Woody? What is a Woody? It's a it's it's a reward. It's it's a certificate suitable for framing fish that you can also hang on your wall to let everyone know that you have performed some valuable service to the mymac.com podcast. Woohoo. Okay. And I'm guessing I'm guessing from your lack of response that uh uh it's 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 less than desired. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Uh, I'm sure quite a, quite a few other people who have received the Woody have said the same thing. Uh, Elisa, if people wanted to get a hold of you and based on, uh, based on being on this show, they just very well may want to question your sanity. How could they do so? Well, you can email me at Elisa at mymac.com or on Twitter. Uh, my name is Sensei Dai, S-E-N-S-E-I-D-A-I. What about you, Tom? Oh, probably the easiest way is on Twitter, T-O-M-D-A-R and the number two. <laughs> okay. And I can be reached at guy at mymac.com. Gaz can be reached at gaz at mymac.com. That's G-A-Z. Uh, you can reach either one of us. Uh, gaz can be found on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. I can be found at twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. And we also have a combined Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz. No spaces there. Thank you so very much. And uh, where is it? I'm going to find it. Here it is. Squirrel! Uh, we also, you can also send feedback to Fearless Leader Tim at feedback at mymac.com. And as Eddie Spaghetti and my brother Larry know we have a Skype number. Did you guys know we have a Skype number? Yeah. I used yeah, it. Yeah, we're like we're like bleeding edge. We're like bleeding <laughs> edge. Yes, you, yes, you did. That's the number yes, that I regretted calling. <laughs> that's right. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. And then of course uh Suze, who is going to also be on your show, sent this. It's not Suzy, it's Suze, you nitwit Brit. And uh, we had one from Tom, but I'm not seeing it here. Didn't you send us something some time ago? 
com. Oh, it was a bumper. Yeah, Gaz and read I it last week, that. I think. Yeah, well, no, no, there was a bumper you sent us, I think, for like the 300 show, probably a year and a oh, half ago. Oh, the one about driving long, home. Long, long, yeah. long time ago. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. And, but I, I, I don't have that in soundboard, so I can't play that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but our Skype number, which is where this whole thing started, is area code 703-436-9501. Call that number. Leave a comment. It will be on the show probably in the very next week. And God only knows what I'll say in response to whatever you send us. So I'd like to thank both Tom and Elisa for being on the show this week, taking uh, taking Gaz's place. And, and I know Tom is is uh, working his way in and eventually is going to either settle for being a co-host on the MyMac.com podcast or World Domination. Have you, have you decided which way you're going with that? I think I'll go for a career in TV. <laughs> uh, any, any last words, Tom, before, before we, we give it a rest for the night? Well, I do have one question about the email address. Is it sure. feedback at MyMac.com or <laughs> feedback at MyMac.com? Actually, it's feedback at mymac.com. Some people get that wrong. Thanks and for clarifying. if you asked, uh, and don't yeah, get why? Well, that's that's <laughs> no, no, now you're going to get a sued. Now you're going to get a sued. Ah, oh, Elisa, thanks again for being on the show. A- any last words? Oh, thanks for having us. It was fun. Uh, it's always great. Totally. I, I, I love doing this show. I love having different people on. Uh, And thank all of you for downloading the MyMac.com podcast, and we'll see you all next week. What's that next word, Elisa? Bye. Nope. Tom? Sayonara. No. And thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please check out the Stoplight Network for other podcasts like the TechFan podcast, Pocket Size Podcast, Not Another Mac Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, The Mac Specialist Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. Our granny, a Canadian dancer, in answer said fancy to Chansa. Can can grand finale with a dandy Cali from Bally. Handy fanny expensive, you can, sir. <laughs>